You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. And here we are with number 13 on the top 25, under 25, smack in the middle of this plateau. Uh, unfortunately, or fortunately in, in some case, and unfortunately in other cases, is that the planned guest could not participate due to contract reasons. The backup guest couldn't contra- couldn't participate because um, of uh, of work and ice hockey related work. That means that sorry, Jared, you're like the third stringer here now. Yeah, I I think this the the apology should go to the listeners, not to me. Uh, although although being the third choice is is uh, a little bit of a blow, but it's okay. I'll I'll deal. I'll handle that. I'll deal yeah, with that. I mean, it, it, you were beaten by two very competent uh, uh, guests, and and you're a competent guest yourself, especially with in regards to Rafael Javi Pinard, who, who's number twelve on the list. Uh, first and foremost, Jared, you've been uh, with with the site for a year longer than I have. I think. Have you ever seen a plateau like this? where five players are within less than a point on the average in total no <laughs> I, I and especially not this high up in the rankings like usually you know once you get to like in the 30s and 40s and even the low 20s sometimes it can be very close we've seen ties you know um in the past as well but yeah to have it this high up is is just an indication of how close these prospects are how well regarded they are and and how i don't want to say how meaningless the order is but it kind of is meaningless because uh, once you get to a certain point you know even in the entire top 25 even below that the the order is just kind of yeah you know i might have had one guy in front of another guy or behind another guy and but i mean i can't argue with it really <laughs> you know it, they're, they're all really good players and, and uh yeah it's it's a good uh it's a good year for this exercise. And I think that part of the the challenge of this year is that there's so many players who have not even played professionally in North America. And, and that just complicates everything because we're comparing apples to oranges uh, so much throughout this entire process. And, and it's really hard to, to compare. Uh, luckily, a lot of these players are going to be playing in Laval this coming season. I don't think the player we're talking about today will be, though. <laughs> the, the 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 thing is though first and foremost if you I'm, I'm looking at it when when i see the list and, and and go through everything and i see a plateau like this i'm just happy i hit the plateau with with, with sort of the same same five picks that's happy that's where i'm happy about the, the order as you mentioned is is secondary in that regard uh but but also rafael harvey pinard can go to laval through, without having to go through waivers right yeah and, and at one point or another, the management will look at that. So so saying he won't be in Laval, yeah, I'm 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 second guessing that a bit, and we'll uh, we'll see here around Christmas is right or not. But but that's fine. Rafael Javi Pinado, fantastic season last year. Um, got half a season with the AHL and half a season more or less with with the NHL team, um, and. What a season that was! On top of yeah. it was a little bit of a twenty, almost twenty-five percent shooting percentage. 
<laughs> yeah, look, uh, let's 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 uh, tackle the elephant in the room right away. He he's not going to score at a thirty-four goal pace <laughs> uh, in the NHL his entire career. That's not the type of player he is. Uh, let, let's just throw that out there right away. I'd be very surprised um, if he continues scoring at the pace he scored on. You mentioned the shooting percentage as well. Uh, I, I'd be very surprised about that. Having said that. I think that his shooting percentage can be high, higher than the average, just because of where he shoots it from. I, I think a, a majority of his goals came from within, you know, five five feet of the goal crease. So uh, I, I do think that, you know, he might trend a little bit higher. Um, it reminds me a little bit of Paul Byron. Remember, you know, Paul Byron is always hovering around 20%. And I think he said, he they, the media asked him about that. And he's like, what do you want me to do, shoot and miss more? Like, how do you, how do I, how do I make you believe that that's just who I am kind of thing? So there, there are two uh, things with this though. And and first and foremost, the average percent shooting percentage in, in NHL is around 10% uh, for everyone, including defenders. So, so educated, yes, here, and, and I'm not going to do the math or, or anything around 12, 12 and a half percent for, for forwards. Um, realistically even if you you drop him down to 14 15 he will still be money in the back that's for sure absolutely yeah don't don't get me wrong i'm not saying he's not a good player (laughs) i'm just saying i don't think he's going to be scoring 30 goals in the nhl uh over a season uh but no i mean even if he puts in 15 20 goals that's you're you're laughing you're you're laughing with that and second if, if you look trying to put together a roster of 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 the Canadians right now, he's not going to be on the same line as he was last year. Uh, so, so he's going to play with, and, and I'm using quotation marks here. I'm sorry, you can't see them all listeners, but, but he's going to play with worse players, which means that he's probably not going to be shooting from the same home plate area again, as much yeah, as least. Yeah, I, I don't think he'll, he'll, he'll be glued to Nick Suzuki's wing like he was, but having said that, he might be, you know, especially if they decide to, you know, separate Suzuki and Caulfield, uh, which is a possibility. Uh, I, I think that he's a guy that can fit in there. I think his strength is really his versatility, and he can play with Nick Suzuki. But he started his his insane run playing with Alex Belzil and Michael Pozzetta, right? Remember that on the fourth line? So so he can he can score even with you know, quote unquote, worst players. I mean, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that much of a stretch to say that Alex Belzil and Michael Pozzetta are worse than Nick Suzuki. I don't think that anybody's going to get angry at me for saying that, uh, even Alex Belzil and Michael Pozzetta. Um, but, but having said that, I mean, he's a guy that can produce no matter who he's playing with, right? Like his, his run really started with those two players on the fourth line as well. So I, I think that there's, uh, an argument for that, absolutely, but I don't think that it lowers his value. In, in some cases, it might even increase it because he can play with Nick Suzuki, he can play with Kirby Doc, he can play with Sean Monahan, he can play with Jake Evans. Uh, you know, you can put him Christian Dvorak, you can put him with anybody, and and he'll fit in. Is he a guy that you want to have on your top line all the time? Probably not, but if you're going for you know a top nine approach. He can bring something that that maybe some of the others um, might not bring. You know, you look at the the line of Thomas Tatar, Philip Deneau, and Brendan Gallagher, and 
those three, I don't think anybody would necessarily say they were top line players, but together they were a top line and one of the best lines in hockey uh, for two seasons. And I think that if you look at those three players, Harvey Pennard can play that kind of Gallagher role where he's going to the net, where he's picking up loose pucks, winning battles, things like that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I he's, he might he's probably not going to play with Nick Suzuki, but I don't think that that it makes it as a huge factor because uh, I think he can score, you know, 10 to 20 goals even on a fourth line. One thing we have to point out here is also the fact that um, Black61 had a great comment in the Leah Anderson uh, article for the Top 25 on 25, uh, where he points out that Anderson has a career 0.76 points per game in the AHL versus Rafael Javistinat 0.74, um, which is, you know, those are minute differences, so it doesn't really matter in, in that way. Uh, the, 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 the interesting thing, though, is that... Uh, I always come back to this comment from from our old colleague uh, Jack Han that said you put players in a surrounding where they can succeed, and it seems in this case in NHL, Leas Anderson hasn't been placed in that surroundings. Whereas, in a way, uh, Rafael Harvey Pinard managed to force that uh, development and and being put around Suzuki, albeit also because of injuries. Yeah, I mean. It's it's interesting because they're they're completely different players, right? Like yeah. Leas Anderson and, and Rafael Harvey Bernard are completely different players, but but they produce kind of similarly in the AHL, like you mentioned. And you know, it's at a certain point, it's all about you know, yes, opportunity. That's a huge factor. You know, if Leas Anderson was playing next to Nick Suzuki last year in the NHL, he probably would have scored more than he has scored in the NHL uh, to this point. Uh, but but I think there's also something to be said about that versatility, right? And, and I think that Leah Sanderson is, is kind of growing into that a little bit, where he he is able to play in in the bottom six and and play with players and and be that kind of offensive kind of two way threat uh, a little bit, where he's not completely useless defensively, uh, and his skill plays when he's lower down in the lineup too, right? So I I think that there's you know, versatility for players is huge. Like if you're not a star player, you know, you have to be versatile. Like there's no, there's no if, ands or buts about it. Like that's just, uh, you have to be able to play both ends of the ice because that's, that's how coaches trust you and put you in positions to succeed. Right. If Rafael Harvey Pinard was not playing well defensively with Pizzetta and Belzil, I mean, they were getting buried every night. There's no way he plays with uh, Suzuki, right? They they find somebody else to to play that role. So yes, injury is an opportunity to play the role, but I think that there's something to be said about putting yourself in a position where the coach looks at the lineup sheet and be like, "Oh man, who do I put here?" And and if your name comes to that top of that list, that that's a testament to to you as well, right? And and you know, and and you you need to make sure you grab that chance with both hands as well. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, and there's a little bit of a difference with Anderson as well, especially in his time with the Rangers, because when you're a high pick, you don't want, people don't want to put you on the fourth line or the third line, 
right? You're you're there to score when you're when you're the you know seventh overall pick like he was, uh, you're there to score, and so it's a little bit easier. He still Rafa got the he still got the third line treatment though. So <laughs> yes, of course, but but the long term thing, you know, you can look at Alexi Lafreniere and and Capocacco, the same thing with the Rangers, where it's like, okay, why aren't you scoring more now? <laughs> right? Are, 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 are we sure we're not talking about? Uh, the the Rangers development strategy here rather than you know failure of Lafreniere, Kako and Anderson and Kratzov if you want to add that one in there as well to 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 but we shouldn't end up there but it is a little <laughs> bit of that kind of yeah it, at, it's, at, you know, at one point or, or another you have to to, to look at the other end of, of, of the equation um you know Raphael the archangel in 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 the Bible um announcing the the rebuild that it's finished or or that it's going according to plan i think that it's going according to plan right like the the whole mantra of a, a lot of rafael harvey pernard's development is because of rafael harvey pernard right like like it's kind of similar to michael pozzetta where he's just a guy who tries hard and is always going to give you that 110 and and when you get that kind of consistent effort it, it makes you uh, an option right and and I think that this is what the Canadians are looking for with their new development team and is trying to get these guys to hit their maximum potential you know getting you know 14 goals from a seventh round pick is is very very good value even if he a... doesn't do anything more in the NHL you already got a value out of him <laughs> It's yeah, just... exactly. He he's already exceeded expectations for his draft spot, right? Like they're playing with house money at this point, similar to Jake Evans, right? Like if that's who Jake Evans stays at the NHL level, then that's that's perfectly fine. That's you've already exceeded expectations. But I I think that you know, especially because he was drafted a little bit later, it, it's interesting to see this continued growth, right? Because he's still one of the older players on this list. You know, he's twenty four. It's his last year in in the ranking and, and i think that when when that happens it's kind of a, an ability to to show like what what is his potential right like you know a lot of people see 24 year olds but okay that's who he is but when you when you improve every single year you know and you're still under 30 you still kind of feel like okay maybe there's a little bit more here and, and it's very interesting to me um to see what he will do this year. You know, yes, you mentioned it before about the waiver situation, but, you know, Nick Suzuki was eligible to go to the HL waivers, and he always had a spot in the NHL. We had uh, also when, when, a worse team back then, Carrot. Uh, yeah, for sure. But but I think that part of the reason this team is better is because of players like Harvey Bernard as well. Yeah, no, I'm, it, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm just saying, like, you might want to play some of the old guard and try to trade them yeah, at the deadline. Absolutely. I, I mean, absolutely. that's... That's asset management as well. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two now streaming only on Disney Plus. What is interesting though is you mentioned this thing of, of getting better, and sometimes I wonder 
if the seventh round pick or the non pick or, or or later round picks are putting more effort in. Uh, I've heard from from sources, and I'm not going to reveal them, but I've, they're they're confirmed that he's worked on his power skating this summer in order to be able to stay up. He's he's worked on his core in order to to have better balance in order to get a better center of gravity and and thereby be better to play against NHL players. So even with the success that he's had in the NHL already, he's looking on how can he improve to uh, consolidate that success and consolidate that role that he has with the team. That, that you're just explaining why he, he continues to exceed expectations. Yeah. Right. Like that's just, you know, a lot of players would go into this offseason feeling like, okay, I have a spot in the NHL and, you know, I should be in the NHL and I should, don't have to do anything differently. And he's coming in and he's like, no, I need to get better. I want, I want to, you know, and maybe we're, we're looking at, you know, next year we're talking about the Canadians and we're talking about how Raphael and Harvey Pinard and Nick Suzuki are, uh, can't be separated. And that's just, that's just the way it is. And, you know, who knows, but yeah, I think that, you know, the ability to analyze your own game and look for ways that you can improve, whether it's because a coach tells you, you can do it. Uh, or or gives you guidance, or whether it's you know Adam Nicholas telling you that you can do it, uh, and that's an opportunity for you, or whether you just look at it yourself and be like, you know, I can be better in this. I want to be a few steps faster. You know, he, you know, I look at the guy next to me in the room, and you know, he, he gets more speed in his first three steps. Then, and you know, why is that? You know, can I improve that with my technique? Being able to do that is just absolutely unbelievable right like you know it, it's kind of similar to like you know people you know Connor mcdavid has a skills coach right if Connor mcdavid has a skills coach and feels like he can improve can't we all <laughs> like like you know like it, it just it, it just strikes me as when you have that that kind of gene or, or that wired you're wired in that way i mean that's why these guys are in the nhl and, and other players who might be more talented or not and and I think that that goes a long way. And yes, absolutely, there are players who, you know, become first round picks and feel that they don't have to work, and they never reach their potential. And then you have players like Raphael Harvey Pinard who goes undrafted twice, drafted in his last year in eligibility, and and continues to, um, to to get better, and surpasses players who were picked ahead of them. And and it happens all the time. And and I think that that's something that the Canadians are targeting in players, right? Like you, you look, you listen. We talk to, about character, or, or Canadians yeah. talk about character. This is part of that Absolutely. character yeah. issue, or, or issue strength, or or whatever mm-hmm. word we're going to use. But you guys know what we mean. Yeah. And 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 I think that is you you look for these. We know we know how much extra work Arturo Lekkonen put in at Ferlunda, even if it was Ferlunda paying his paying for that. You know, skills coach that he used there for his skating. Uh, same with Jesse Ullinen at home, uh, and so on and so on. But but uh, I find it more well. We have Adam Nicholas now, but I find it more interesting that not more teams work closer, maybe with a skills coach and and a skating coach and you know shooting coach and and these are things that are outside the um, cap that you can 
enhance your team with. We see it. Hulan uh, uh, is there doing her jo- job as well as, as a skillless coach. I think you're going to see this department is one of those departments that will grow in the bigger NHL clubs because they can afford it and long-term uh, it, it will benefit them so much more. Absolutely. And I think, you know, there's two things, you know, more than two things, but but there's two main things that are growing in, in the NHL. One of them is analytics. Um, and, and you see those departments growing uh, throughout the league, including Montreal, um, who has, you know, three people dedicated to that role, plus, you know, other people who slant that side, like John John Sedwick and and things like that. And, and the other is player development. And that's one of the legacies I think that Kyle Dubis is going to have in Toronto. And, you know, he was really one of the first teams to focus on skills training. You know, they brought in guys like, you mentioned Jack before. Um, he was more uh, maybe analytics slanted, but also in, in skills development and hockey development. Um, they had Alan Nicholas come into the camps and work with them as well. And, and then, you know, the Canadians are, you know, brought him in as the kind of their full-time hockey development um, coach. And then he, you know, he brings in players, people like, you know, Scott Pellerin and, uh, and Marie-Philippe Poulain. And, and I think that, yeah, absolutely. That that's a way to ensure your players can improve and continually improve. And you mentioned the, the character um, quality of, of wanting to improve and, you know, you look at the draft picks from the last two years that the Canadians have made under Kent Hughes and Nick Bobrov, and they have that coming out of their ears, right? Uri Savkowski, Philip Mashar, uh, Lane Hudson, Owen Beck, uh, Vince Vincent Rohrer, uh, David Reinbacher, all of these guys, Adam Engstrom as well, all of these guys have this quality to continually improve themselves. And, you know, I think that there's, uh, a needle thread. Cedric Gaindon, the same thing. You talk to any of these players, and they're all wired in that way of, I want to get better. And I think that that's something that is so important when you look at these players, because you're not drafting finished products. And, and I think that when you get to a point where you develop and you continue to push that growth, and these players want to improve, you know, just look at the way Yuri Slavkovsky has been training this summer um, as well, right? Anybody can get better. And I think, you know, turning this back to, to Rafael Harvey Pinard is that's how you get seventh round picks to the NHL, is getting guys who want to improve, who can improve, and who continually want to work harder than anybody else. And if you ask any of anybody who has watched Rafael Harvey Pinard play, whether it's in the queue, whether it's in... Uh, in U16, whether it's in the AHL, whether it's in the NHL, he just wants it more. And I think that there's, you know, wanting it more is not going to make you better than anyone else, but it can make you better than other people. And, and I think that that's, that's a quality that if you look at throughout this top 25 under 25 comes in abundance and that's the new character. And, and you know, Mark Bergevin was big on talking about character, but not really defining it. And I feel like if you look at what Kent Hughes, Jeff Gordon, and Nick Brobrov has done have done since taking over, is that they have really defined it because you can see it 
what that means to them. And I think that, you know, there's no, even though Harvey Pernard came in before uh, the new organization, I don't think there might, there might not be a better player to show what they can do and what they mean Yet. by that than, than Harvey Pernard. Yet. Yet, right. There are um, be others too. Yeah. <laughs> um, going back though to, to uh, Rafael Harvey Pernard, expectations for next season. We mentioned it that we we are talking about he could go to the AHL, especially with the with the uh, kind of old timers still on the team and and losing players for nothing. Um, realistically, what should we expect from from from, from the team and from Rafael Javi Pinat? I would expect. You know, e- even if there is a split, and I'm not sure there will be, but obviously it's a numbers game. Um, but if if he stays healthy, I would expect more than 34 NHL games this year, um, which is what he played last year. I would probably expect less than 40 AHL games, which is what he played last year. And I just think that even though he's one of the players that can go down, I just think he's a guy you want to keep around. I, I just, but he also I, I needs think... to play. You cannot just have him in the stands. Oh, abso- absolutely. And I think that there's other players that won't play in, in, instead of him. Like if you if you look at the team right now, and, and clearing the space with Pitlick and, and Mike Hoffman was significant. It, it it's a that that shows me that you know they want to give chances to guys like Harvey Pennard and Essie That that that's who they're clearing the space for. Right, and, and then you have guys like Michael Pizzetta who would need waivers, and, and and guys like that. But but I think that you know Pizzetta might be somebody that you put into more of a rotation role because you want Harvey Pinard to play, and, and you know there's a lot of uh, factors here in terms of you know injuries, and <laughs> if they stay healthy, then yeah, there's a numbers problem. But given what we know about this team, they won't stay healthy. And I don't expect them to be as hurt as they were in the last two years. Um, they've changed that department as well, obviously. But I, I think that he's a player that will be in the NHL by the end of the season. And I think that he's a player that will have his spot. And and I think that in camp, he'll be given every opportunity, um, especially as the teams are split and things like that. But yeah, my expectations is that he... He solidifies what we saw last year. I don't think he's going to score at a 34 goal pace. That's, that's or shoot 24.1 percent. Yeah, right, right. I, I think those are going to go down. You know, even if it goes down to like you know 15, 16, 17 percent, uh, I I still think that that's what's you know that's probably what's going to happen. Uh, but but I think that he's a player that you know I think you know you mentioned all the the factors playing against him in terms of you know, waiver eligibility and a lot of NHL contracts, you know, at forward and, and things like that. But I think that when everything is put, when push comes to shove and Martin St. Louis looks at his lineup, I think that sending the message of having a guy like Harvey Pennard in your lineup every night is worth more than having somebody else there, you know, whether it's to increase their trade value or, or things like that. And I, I know I know the the factors playing against him, but there have been factors playing against Rafael Harvey Pinard since he started playing hockey. <laughs> and and they've never they've never stopped. So um I think that he's uh a member of this organization that is so important. Um 
for a lot of reasons. Uh, and one of them is just to, to, cause he always tries. And, and Michael Pizzetta is the same way. He's, he just always gives it all. And I think that that's, that's something that when you look at your lineup, you make room for a guy like that. And, you know, some, maybe it, it's impossible. Maybe he has to start in the AHL. Everyone's healthy. Everyone has impressed. There's nobody you can take out. Maybe he does start the season there, but you know, I, I don't see him ending the season there. And I think that at the end of the day, he'll end up playing more than 34 NHL games this year, as long as he's healthy. And there you have it. You've been listening to Patrick Bexel and Jared Book. Thank you so much for listening. This was number 13 at the top 25, under 25. We're back tomorrow with number 12. And uh, you can all guess who that is. Thank you so much.